Hi, I'm Kerry Grinkmeyer. Uh, I'm the host of Best of Us Investors. I don't approach investing like most people. I, I don't really care what Tesla sells for today, and I don't care what um, General Motors sells for today and what they're doing. What I want to do is invest in the long game. And the reason I do that is that's where I think I can win. I can't compete with uh, algorithms and com quantum computer trading, and I can't anticipate what's going to happen today, so I choose not to play in that game. And I think that's an approach to life. If you look at the end, at how why one percenters become one percenters, because they start a business in their garage and they live as a minimalist until they build something that is substantial and they end up with a buttload of money, whereas 99% of us go just get a job. And as we make more money, we buy a better car. As we make even more money, we build get a bigger house. And then we buy a boat, and then we buy a motorcycle, and we basically stay in the 99% bracket, whereas the guy who plays the long game is still working in his garage on an algorithm that turns out to be um, Microsoft. Or it, 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 he, he creates a website and it turns out to be um, Amazon. Those are the people who play the long game. They also educate themselves. They also pay attention to what's going on around them so that they can profit in the future. They don't worry about today. Today will take care of itself. So if you're an investor, I just I just believe, get out of this short game. Uh, I just saw something today. Jamie Dimon um, released his shareholder's letter. It's a 66-page letter. It takes some reading to understand it. And he makes some projections, some some very strong projections as to what is going to happen in the future. And in this video, I want to share with you some of the things he thinks that are going to happen. And then you can, if you're going to play the long game, you can basically set your investments up to take care of what's going to happen in the future, as opposed to what's going to happen today. Let's review what Jamie Dimon has to say, okay? Best of Us Investors presents Kerry Griegmeier. Okay, let's dissect Jamie's letter and see if we can gain some knowledge from it. The first part of it says, uh, this boom could easily run into 2023 because of all the spending uh, could extend well into 2023. And what he's referring to is the uh, money that has been um, put out by the Republican Party under the Trump administration, and now it is continuing under the Biden administration. And it's just, as I have said, that money has to go somewhere. And as it, it, it has to end up somewhere. And yeah, it may be uh, building some bridges and paying people wages, but it's still going to trickle down to somewhere where somebody doesn't need it. And what they're going to do with it is invest it. And that's going to increase the value of equities. He then goes on to say, while equity valuations are high, 
by most all measures except against interest rates, historically a multi-year booming economy could justify their current prices. So he's saying, yeah, there's a lot of people who are saying that the um, that Amazon is overvalued, that um, there are a lot of biotech stocks that are overvalued. But the reality is he's saying with this uh, influx of so much cash, those values could be justified because it's going to carry them to the fruition of the um, of what the stock's purpose is. And, and I would argue that this is particularly true in the healthcare fields, as, as we um, have recognized from the pandemic that we have to do things differently. So it's going to accelerate that, that need to bring forth the CRISPR um, the, 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 the recognition of diseases, the elimination of, um, of pandemics, it's going to accelerate it. And unlike in the past, there's plenty of money coming right behind it to fuel it. So as he's saying, uh, it's justifying the current prices because of the acceleration as a result of capital coming into the market and the acceleration of technology being brought about by artificial intelligence, machine learning, and and, and quantum computing. He then goes on to say that uh, the, the quant- QE, quantitative easing, and deficit spending response to COVID-19 pandemic is of a completely different magnitude without some of the outstanding drags uh, that um, trailed the Great Recession. What he's saying here is that, yeah, we can look back to the 2009, um, 2008 through 2010 uh, real estate crisis and say, yeah, but it's going to take 10 years uh, to, to, to overcome the results of um, of the Great Recession, but that's not true here because the spending is continuing, the the the, the demand is is increasing, and things are going to move even at a more rapid pace than they ever have in the past. And then he says, on the other side of the equation, the converse side, uh, conversely, in this boom scenario it's hard to justify the price of U.S. debt. Most people consider the price of the U.S. debt to be the 10-year bond as a key reference to the point in U.S. history debt. This is because of two factors. First, the huge supply of debt that needs to be absorbed. And second, the not unreasonable possibility that the increase inflation will not be just temporary. So what he's saying is, there is a second side to this, and that is that this debt will become a burden that we can't we can't handle. Um, I'm of the opinion that's somewhere beyond 2023. Uh, I'm of the opinion that with the the spending that is going to be coming, continuing to come, and the new economic uh, attitude relative to debt, that we will have lower interest rates. Oh, we'll get some inflation, but the the money is is going to keep flowing. Then the next thing that Jamie addresses is the vulnerability of his industry, the banking industry. Uh, I think it's it, it it's 
I, something that I have believed, and and I get into this with my bank. They they don't they don't work to make my life better. They work to fit to make me fit their system. I just wanted to transfer some money, and my bank told me I couldn't transfer more than two thousand uh, dollars per day and five thousand dollars per month. Come on! I I called them up and I said what. What are you talking about? Uh, this is my money. And my bank said to me, technically it is. And I said, what? Technically, this is my this is my money. So I think what Jamie then goes on to say, banks are uh, already compete against a large and powerful shadow banking system, and they are facing extreme competition from Silicon Valley. Well, Jamie, the reason that is is you're serving your needs rather than my needs relative to my money. And so I'm going to go and seek another way. I'm going to go and see if Square can make, uh, can handle my needs, that if PayPal can handle my needs. Uh, of course, we are looking for another way. Um, and he, he goes on to say that uh, Silicon Valley in both the uh, fintechs and big tech that Amazon, Apple, Facebook, Google, and now Walmart um, are are competing with them. Well, of course they are, Jamie, uh, because again, you you run a punitive system, and that is to say, if I make a mistake and I overdrive my account by one hour, you will punish me. Whereas the the other people, the Amazon, Apple, Facebook, they're trying to work with me. They're trying to recognize my needs and then fulfill them. Um, as the importance of the cloud, AI, and digital platforms grow, this competition will become even more formidable. As a result, banks are playing an increasingly smaller role in the financial system. Why is this a surprise to anybody? Uh, again, I keep going back to, I learned that the digital system is different when Google offered me search for nothing. When Amazon says, Carrie, if you make a mistake and you order the wrong printer, which I did, and then I unpacked it and then had to repack it and send it back to Amazon, and they sent me a new printer. Was there a cost involved? Was there any punitive action taken against me? No, no. They said, thank you very much, and, and we're happy we could correct the mistake. Would my bank have done that? No, they would not have. So, Jamie, this is why you're looking down a, 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 a dark tunnel that says, where are we going to fit? Because I don't think unless you make a change, you are going to fit. So, let's go on into, into Jamie's letter. He then delves into the area of energy. Uh, we can agree on a need to make our energy system much less carbon intensive, but absorbing comp but abandoning companies that produce a and consume these fuels is not the solution. So he's saying don't don't throw Exxon and and uh, a mobile and BP into the woods. Uh, the key metric 
we plan to use for evaluating climbing, climate performance is carbon intensity, which is a mem measure of GHG emissions per unit of output. So in his business, as he evaluates his customers, he's not saying, okay, just because you produce carbon, we're throwing you out. He's saying, we're going to measure the amount of carbon against the good that you provide. And I think that makes sense. And I think there needs to be some, some adjustments in that angle. So I got no argument with that. Then he addresses something that Joe addressed in his, um, in his uh, press conference a couple of uh, days ago, and that was China. China leaders believe that Mer America is in decline. The Chinese see an America that is losing ground in technology, infrastructure, and education. A nation torn and crippled by policies as well as racial and income inequity. I don't think that's a misread. I think that both Joe and, and Jamie have recognized this, that China is recognizing our weakness, okay? He goes on to say, and a country unable to coordinate government policies, fiscal, monetary, industrial, regulatory, in any coherent way to accomplish national goals. What he's basically saying there is the Chinese believe that democracy doesn't work and that hit the Chinese system will bury us. And I, I don't believe that's true, but I also believe as I watch the national news every night with Lester Holt, if the Republicans say something, the Democrats disagree with it, if and vice versa. And this just can't continue. I mean, the 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 just open. If if they vote on something, the Republicans are on one side, the Democrats are on the other side. Isn't there a common ground? Isn't there something? Isn't that it? What the whole system was built to do? And aren't we? By we, I mean the people in Washington that we vote to put in Washington, aren't they the cause of the destruction of our country? And when are we going to say that's enough? Jamie is pointing it out. I commend him. He has more influence than I do. Yes, that's true. He does. I think that Jamie's letter is worth a read, and I encourage you to read it. I also encourage you to look at your investments on the long term as a port opposed to the short term. I recognize that there's a lot of money potentially to be made if you play the market on the, in the short game. But what I have learned over my years in the market, I'll make more mistakes than I will make good investments. And when it all comes down, I'll lose money uh, because I can't play against them. I cannot, I cannot go to Las Vegas today and walk to that back room where they have 10 people sitting at a poker table and have any chance of walking away with money in my pocket. Now, they may let me win one or two hands so that I dig deeper into my pocket and write a check 
and 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 get more money on the table. But I know I'm going to lose because I don't have the skill to play with them. So I don't. So I do where I I work where I can beat them, and that is in the long game. They don't read like I read. They don't study like that I study. They don't have a group of people that I work with in my Discord to help me make good investment decisions. They're like you. They're playing the game on the table today. I don't want to do it. I want to go into my garage and work hard, study hard, and ignore all the bullshit that's going on on a day-to-day basis and say, I'll invest in biotech. I'll invest in rare earth elements coming back to the United States. I'll invest in 3D printing, bringing the supply chain back to the United States. That's where I'll invest. And I'll beat you. By 2030, I'll have, I'll beat you so bad you'll cry. Okay. (laughs) That's my take on Jamie Dimon's letter. Thank you, Jamie, uh, for uh, writing a 66-page letter. That took a lot of work. I know you had some help, but I like somebody who will take the time to share their thoughts with me and help me be a better investor. Thanks again, Jamie. And about you, see you tomorrow.